tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Out here at Yumicon 2018 on the convention floor talking with cosplayer Amber Bright. Hello. So happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for coming down to Yuma. You know? Oh, my God. So I do... Anywhere from 30 to 60 conventions a year, and wow. this is one of my favorites. Oh, like, that's amazing. The city is great. The con organizers are great. Um, the people who come are just so enthusiastic. Like, I feel so welcome here. Um, I love this city because it's all like, we've got a desert uh, where Star Wars was filmed, and we've got a prison. Yay! <laughs> and I'm like, Yuma, you are just so cute. Like, <laughs> It's true. We, we're very happy about yeah. the fact that Star Wars is filmed yeah. out here. Star Wars and the prison. <laughs> like, that's, that's Yuma's claim to fame. And um, someone told me that you guys are like the number one producer of asparagus or something random like that. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. Claim to fame. Claim let, to it, fame. let us capital the world. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let us. Let us. <laughs> and then dates, like dates all throughout well, the <laughs> That's amazing. Thing. Uh, so, I mean, do you, do you get to, to visit Yuma when you're not in professional mode? Every so often we get down here. And usually we try and come down around February because we like to go to the dunes okay. um, where Star Wars was filmed. Um, about that time we do pictures and stuff like that and then we'll just stay for a weekend um, so we get out here about every six months or so uh, we're out of Phoenix so it's like a three hour drive right, it's not right. too bad no, so too bad. Mm-hmm. you know usually when I describe Yuma to people that mm-hmm. aren't from Yuma or, or know about it I'm like it's that town you go to as your way to San Diego yeah your way to California yeah. you're, you're, you're moving through it to something else right exactly so, uh, so how long have you been doing cosplay? So I first started cosplaying about six years ago. I have been a full-time self-employed prop maker for three of those years. Okay. So it's been um, a wild ride. When I first started cosplaying, it was just something I did on the weekends just for fun. And then it just kind of snowballed until it took over more and more and more of my <laughs> life. And then it became my life. So right. it just kind of got out of hand. So people are like, how did you end up being like a full-time prop maker? And I'm like, well, when I made more on my days off than I did at my days on my job, your, your day like job. it was, yeah, it was time to, it was time to <laughs> transition fully into cosplay. So, so I mean, anybody that's seen your cosplay, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got the, the costumes, the yep. makeup, the props, and yep. all that stuff. Like, is there one particular aspect of it that you like more? Is it the prop making? That you I really, more? really, really love designing, um, like props and prosthetics. Uh, for aliens like that's like my number one thing um, my livelihood is selling horns and alien headpieces and prosthetics and jaws and stuff like that so um, that's kind of my favorite thing is the is the kind of like organic props and organic prosthetics that people get to wear and get to use to create everything from fantasy characters all the way to sci-fi characters so so so, i mean the process in making those those horns and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. what what's the timeline what's the time frame of making something like that it really depends on the prop itself um so my melina teeth which are um basically four latex prosthetic teeth that go on two on the top two on the bottom um, I literally sculpted and made a mold and cast my first set all wow. in a day. Wow. Because it was just a very straightforward sculpt. It was a very straightforward mold. Um, I just brushed latex into it. So that was about a day that I did it. 
Um, whereas my Ahsoka headpiece, which is the big Togruta headpiece, mm -hmm. that took about six months to figure out. Um, because the master mold for that has six pieces <laughs> that you have to know exactly how to put them together so that when you cast into it, the thing comes out looking correctly. Right. So that one was definitely over six pieces. And then the one that I've spent the longest time on is actually my Nautilin headpiece, so Kit Fisto's race from Star Wars. Um, that one was about two years of working it, uh, working on it on and off again before I got a working prototype. And it was like the third prototype I'd tried. So that was the longest one I've worked on. Did you, before starting cosplaying and prop making, did you did you have a background like similar to that? Did you nope. industry or nope. theater or anything uh, like that? Quilting. My quilting. mom taught me how to quilt, so I knew how to sew already. <laughs> um, and I'd been an artist just... I was one of those kids that doodled and drew and stuff like that uh, growing up. So I had a good knowledge of art and painting and stuff like that. But definitely never knew how to mold anything. Definitely never knew how to cast anything. Um, I remember the first time we were at Phoenix Comic Con. It was myself and my husband, Matthew. And he saw the Mandalorians. And he actually picked up a piece of Mandalorian armor and showed it to me and was like, babe, let's do this. And I went, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, right. That's never going to happen. Like, we're never going to do that. And now here, you know, five, six years later, like, that's all I do. So it's kind of funny how that happened where he was the one that was like, let's do this. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's not like, that's not going to happen. And well, little did I know it was going to be your that life. It became my entire life. So, you know, it's funny how things work like that. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Um, as, as we're speaking now, you're kind of a uh, starfire. But I'm a fancy pants starfire. Fancy pants starfire. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good way to put it. So I am actually the no-flutter version of starfire. Um, so she draws, um, like, Victorian and, uh, like, uh, kind of Art Nouveau fancy styles of different characters. And I saw the uh, Art Nouveau starfire, and I was just like, oh, my God, I love it. She's sparkly. She's got a butt bow. Like, yes, everything I love. So, Well, I mean, is there a particular costume that you've done in the past that, that, that you're the most proud of? Yeah, definitely my original character, uh, my original Twi'lek bounty hunter. Her name is Rio Cattell. Um, she's dark blue, and her armor is, like, black and gold. Mm -hmm. And I did her pretty regularly for about a year and then before I had to retire her just because the armor started getting really worn and I loved her because I felt so badass in her and she was such an iconic character people would come up and be like I have no idea who you are but you look amazing and I'm like that's okay I'm like an OC like you're not gonna know who I am but thank you like that's that's all I care about obviously they think yeah. it belongs in the in the mythos yeah. as is so um, I got good. a lot of oh are you that girl from fifth element and I'm like I don't look like anything like Diva Pava Laguna yeah. like so that one always kind of was like what no I'm not an 8 foot tall latex clad tentacles opera singer like definitely not the girl from Fifth Element but definitely good not. guess I guess like. so was uh, was that your also your most difficult to, to make or is there another one that was more difficult I would say as far as um, figuring out the cosplay itself the most difficult one I've done is actually Elise from League of Legends okay. so she's a character in League of Legends she's a spider themed character so she has a human form with spider legs. 
So, and she also wears very little. So I had to figure out how to make giant spider legs that had little to no attach points and make them so I could transport them and make them so that nobody would kill themselves on them when I was walking around a convention. So that one took a lot of just brainstorming and research to come up with a um, answer that would get the look I wanted, the size I wanted, because I wanted her to have big legs. Like, I didn't want them to be like dinky little, oh, so cute little spider legs. I wanted the big, <laughs> ominous legs. Um, and I, I think we finally made it out of insulation foam and attached it using magnets, which oh, wow. came out, like, worked really freaking well. And now everyone's like, how are those held on? And I'm like, magnets, baby. Magnets. Science. Yes. <laughs> Science, bitches. So In the form of magnets. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite things about being involved in the cosplay community is that I basically get carte blanche to geek the hell out over other people and the things that they do. Like, That's awesome. Like, Angie Viper is here, and her raven, like, the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. So I get to, like, fangirl and then go over and be like, oh, my God, Angie, how did you make this? And she goes, oh, my God, let me tell you how I made this. So it's a very open community as far as if you like someone's costume, go tell them right and i guarantee they're going to be like super freaking stoked about it like they're going to be so happy um, just I mean, to talk about it yeah so. with all the time and energy you spent yeah. on it i imagine yeah. any co- you know the compliments you're going to get are yeah gonna be and every cosplayer has something about their costume that they're really proud of you know <laughs> so like with elise like i love showing off the magnets i get to, i get to be like yeah just just pull my leg off and they go wait what and i go yeah just pull it off and they like pull it up and they're like, oh my God, it broke it. Oh, it's a magnet. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, every every cosplayer has that piece to the costume that you're just like, check this out. This is so cool. Like, look at this thing that I did. It's super neat. So we love when people ask us about that. So with a costume like Elise, where you have these massive uh, spider legs, uh-huh. having to get around a con like that. Oh my God, yes. I mean, what is it that you have to keep an eye out for or what, what's what's the thing that's on your mind when walking around a con with, with big pieces like that? Don't bump me, don't bump me, yeah. don't bump me, don't bump me. <laughs> so um, with all of my costumes, I have what I consider the official or the photo shoot fr- version okay. and then the con-friendly version. Right. So even what I'm wearing today is Starfire. Um, my photo shoot version has green contacts and orange body paint and ridiculously high heels. Oh. These are moderately high heels <laughs> so that I can wear them all day. Right. So whenever I design a costume, I kind of keep in mind how is this going to function at a con versus how is this going to function at a photo shoot when I have full control of everything. So with Elise, um, at her, her kind of photo shoot version has red contacts and the legs stick out to the side. Um, and I'm on basically my tippy toes. She has very, very, she has heelless boots that I use with her. Um, for a con, I just wear my, neg- my regular contacts so I can actually see. <laughs> and then actually I can switch the orientation of the legs. So for a photo shoot, the legs stick out. So when I do a con, I just put the left one on the right side and the right one on the left side. And what it does is it sticks them out behind me ah. instead of out to the side. Right. So I'm able to just, again, magnets, Maneuver. like, yeah. <laughs> magnets, yeah. So I get to, I basically just switch where the legs are so that I don't take up as much aisle space. 
And then I just have someone walk behind me so that no one runs into the legs behind me. So it's definitely, it's one of those costumes that I really don't wear unless I know it's not going to be crowded or I know I'm going to have space. Um, I took it to Emerald City and it was a nightmare because Emerald City was so packed. People kept bumping into it and snapping the tips of the legs. And I was like, so by the, by the end of like, that was the, that was the last time that I made a costume without also having a plan B for a con setup. So, you know, sometimes it's, we can build these amazing things, but that doesn't mean you should take them to a con. Right. (laughs) Sometimes they should stay in the photo shoot where you don't die. <laughs> so it's very important. When you're going to a bigger con like mm-hmm. that, you know, what is it that you do for yourself so that you don't feel stressed out? So for me, I'm actually, um, I, I think of my extroversion as like a battery. So, uh, and it's, it's, I see people being like, oh, and I, I'm an ambivert. I'm both introverted and extroverted. Um, I just kind of think of my extroversion as a battery that I, I have to recharge. So if I know I'm going to have a big con coming up, I do very little bit in the way of social engagements the few days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Just give myself time with myself and my cats and my dogs. Um, just kind of mentally preparing. And then at the con, it's super, super important to give yourself breaks. And so if we're running a table or a booth, as you can see, we set up an area where people from the front can't see you because the thing that thing that drives me insane is when I'm sitting down and I'm eating, like obviously eating, and people are like, oh, can I take a picture and then snap a picture? And then you have like Starfire making this like, horse face with like nachos like hanging out and like cheese all over and I'm like like no don't do that to me so so especially at bigger cons we we have like a little fenced off area and sometimes uh, we put the banners mm-hmm. kind of side by side and inch them forward and then I'll just put a chair behind the banners and just like crouch behind the banners and like eat my food and just like seclusion close my eyes and just kind of like mentally recharge but it's definitely like it's kind of a marathon for me because at a convention, I don't really eat enough. I don't really drink enough. I don't get enough sleep. So I kind of like slog through it. And then the week after is just my recovery time. <laughs> so when I'm like, okay, I should probably eat something. I really haven't eaten yet. Um, I should not going to talk to anyone for 48 hours straight. Like, if you're not my dog, I don't want to see your face. So, uh, you know, and that's, that's what works for me. I have certain friends that they always buy a hotel room so that they have somewhere to go in the middle of con. Like, even if it's an in-town convention, they'll buy a hotel room so they can go to the the, the hotel room and just get a little bit of peace and quiet. Just to so, decompress. And, yeah. Um, doing 60 cons in a year, is there, do yeah. you have one that's your favorite that you enjoy so, the most? Yes. Other than Yuma Con, I do like Yuma a lot. Uh, my fav- my other favorite convention in Phoenix is actually Tucson Comic Con um, because it's big enough that three days is a good time period to have it, but it's not so big that it's overwhelming. Right. So I really love Tucson. Um, Emerald City is probably my favorite out-of-state convention to go to. Um, and then every other year they have Star Wars Celebration. And I love that one because I do a lot of really 
obscure aliens from Star Wars. <laughs> so it's nice to go to a convention where people are like, oh, great Mickey in. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for knowing <laughs> what the hell I am. Like, thank you. Like, I had someone go, oh, my God, I love your Nautilin. I love your OC, like, Nautilin. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Someone knew who I was. Because people are, if they know who Kit Fisto is, they're like, oh, great female Kit Fisto. And I'm like, I'm blue. I'm not green. I'm obviously not Kit Fisto. <laughs> or it's like, oh, great squid girl. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. All right. I'm a squid girl. Like, that's fine. <laughs> we'll take it. So celebration is nice because people know what I am. <laughs> and I really enjoy that. Well, Star so. Wars is definitely, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm easy a great pool to pull from because there's mm -hmm. it's such a wide world it's so there's so many characters yeah and there's so much freedom so you have what's called canon so the films and the video uh the the cartoons and the comics and stuff like that so you have really good canon sources that you can draw from but then you have a whole universe that you can just make up whatever you want right. you know so like my Nautilin smuggler, Gloss, is a Nautilin that was raised on the city planet of Corellia. So Corellia is an entire, like the whole planet is a city. Right. So she's never seen water. So even though her race is aquatic, she's afraid of the water. Wow. So the thing with her is she always has her jacket with her because her jacket has a built-in life flotation device because I have like a little roll on the jacket I'm like that's her built in life flotation device so if she ever falls in the water you know she just rips that off so and it's like you've got freedom to tell those stories you've got freedoms to be like oh I want to be frilly and gorgeous so I'm going to be like a senator or a diplomat or I want to be gritty so I'm going to be like a sand trooper or um, like a Mandalorian or something like that and you've got like such such a breadth of things that you could do really like the galaxy's limit you know and and they're they're branching out into new stuff too solo showed us a lot of a different aspect of star wars than we'd ever seen before rogue one showed us new stuff we've got a couple of new shows coming up the mandalorian is one that i'm super freaking stoked over like yeah <laughs> i know right and a lot of people are like well why don't we get boba fett why don't we get boba fett? i'm like no like boba fett's life has been fleshed out done let me tell let me see a new mandalorian <laughs> who's like actually a mandalorian as opposed to boba who is only wearing the armor because it's because the jedi yeah, killed his dad yeah, exactly. like you know like he wasn't raised Mandalorian. And if they get Pedro Pascal to play the, the, the lead, yeah. that's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. And, like, they have Dave Filoni in to help with, like, the first episode and the overarching character development. So you know that it's going to sync up with the rest of the universe. And this is ultimately why I'm okay with, um, with the fact that they kind of reset the universe mm -hmm. back when episode seven came out mm -hmm. because the previous canon which we call legends now it it described literally everything every every step of luke's life every step of you know leia's life every step of chewie's life it was all there it was all written down there was no freedom for them to go new places and to be surprising and some of it was a lot of fun, like Thrawn and Mara Jade. Like, some of it, like, really awesome. And then some of it was, like, 
um, maybe maybe we don't do this you know maybe we don't have twins that one goes to the dark side and they have to like kill each other like I don't, I don't know like maybe we revisit this in a, in a different maybe we don't have Chewie go like all maniacal and then just die out of the blue like you know like let's 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 give him a better ending than that like. I mean obviously it seems like they are I mean, yes, they, they threw out the the, uh-huh. the, stuff, the other stuff, but like they're it seems like they're trying to bring in some of they're cherry picking some of the favorites. That's the best way to like put it. Like Thrawn, yeah. like yeah. hello, <laughs> all you Thrawn fanboys and girls, like he's even better with Dave Filoni, like handling him. There like, you go. like you you read the original, like how Thrawn was in the original mythos, and he was pretty badass. And then they've created this new mythos for him, in which he's even more cutthroat and cun- cunning and clever and badass and you're just like forget Palpatine I'm afraid of Thrawn like <laughs> Thrawn is terrifying like he's so like manipulative and and, and um, like well thought out like so I'm like and then I know a lot of people are like oh Mara Jade oh Mara Jade I still think they'll find a way to bring her I'm sure in. they will like I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we get our favorite crazy redhead like that would be really awesome so so I think it's safe to say that uh, Star Wars is a fandom yep <laughs> a little bit what, what else it's kind of a lifestyle <laughs> what, what other fandoms do you find yourself in so the other big one for me is actually League of Legends okay because um, so I work from home and I work usually 12 to 14 hour days and I can put League of Legends competitive on, and they stream for six to 14 hours. <laughs> and it's one of those things where, like, I never understood why people liked football. Like, I grew up in a very football-crazy town. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad yelling and throwing things at the TV, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, why do you even care? It's not like it's going to make a difference. Like, you have zero impact. So I grew up in a house that was super football, and I was super just like, oh, my God, this is stupid. And then I got into League of Legends competitive. And I'm screaming at the TV as my team is making a good play. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get I get what it is to, like, root for a team yep. with your, your full energy and, like, believe that somehow, like turning three times to the left will make them, you know, do a good play. So it was one of those things where it, it taught me a little bit more empathy as far as, like, diehard sports fans. I'm like, I get you now. I get you. I got it. And, um, you know, and I love when my friends come over and we sit there and we talk. We talk the minutiae, you know. We're like, oh, well, like, C9 is in the group of death for Worlds. And, like, we hope that they get out to play Direwolves, not, you know, like one of the Korea teams. So, like, it's it's a lot of fun to to have something that I can really like get really involved in and have this kind of overarching framework. And the characters are awesome, so I get to cosplay like amazing. Like my Elise makes children cry. <laughs> like every time I wear her, we take a poll about how many children we think I'm going to make cry that day. (laughs) Usually it's about three. Okay. But I've done as many as five. (laughs) And then I've done as few as zero, which was, like, a good day. But I was like, oh, I didn't make anyone cry. Like, (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, the characters are just so strong. And I love their designs. And then the community as a whole, like, there's so much 
that you can kind of sink your teeth into. So that's that's my favorite as far as like I guess a, a sports an esports fandom to get into. As I say, is a another. It's a it, at, for a video game. It's another one yeah. of those worlds that's super expansive. And, yeah. and large. You have a lot to pull from. Yeah, and and there is lore to all the characters, so you can get in and like have conversations about like skins of characters and like how they interact and stuff and then you have the the framework of the competition as a whole and the the storyline of like na versus eu so like north american europe have a rivalry like who's gonna win we're facing off again and um it creates kind of this whole like storyline around the teams and how they're they're interacting and how they interact with the rest of the world as a whole so it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun any 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 other things you geek out about other than the two? Oh my god so um so it's, it is mostly star wars but i love a lot of different video games um i love comics um i am super excited about infinity war part two. Oh man oh man <laughs> i never thought i would live to see the day that my very not geeky parents <laughs> went to a midnight premiere wow. and called me on the way home to tell me how upset they were that the cute little tree died. <laughs> oh, did you, did and the nice green assassin lady died. They were very upset about spoiler alert guys, like but like I, seriously. Everybody's seen the movie. It's yeah, like, if you haven't seen it, like don't bitch. Like it's been out for a while. Did, did you explain to them what the, the his last words meant? Because that when that came out, it almost broke me. Yeah, and it's like it's fun it's fun telling them like mom, this is a storyline that's been told in the comics and we're seeing it in like a new and original way and like this is why this is important. They always call us with like the post credit scenes too. They're like that golden girl was talking about like that bug thing <laughs> and she called him Adam. Should we be concerned about that? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, he was he was pretty powerful and you know, like, you know, if he's not on our side initially, we should probably be a little concerned. Yep. So, um and then uh Captain Marvel. There, oh, the the my mom's like, is this is she going to be a friend of Wonder Woman? And I'm like, if they no. met each other, I would say. I had to explain, like, no, Mom, one's DC and one's Marvel. But she was like, I think they would be friends. And I'm like, I think they would be, too. Exactly. You know? So, um, and this is this is also my parents. Um, God, I love them so much. They, they're they retired and they play Pokemon Go. <laughs> hey, whatever gets people up and active, right? Yeah, and they love it because they literally, like, they have motorcycles. So they ride their motorcycles out to places, take gyms, crush the hopes and dreams of children, uh, hold gyms in the town, and that's that's what they do. They're retired and they play Pokemon Go and they travel. I, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds I'm like, like I w- something I wish I could do when I yeah, retire. Yeah, like, and they're like, we're going to get, uh, this is their next plan, is they're like, we're going to get teacup beagles. Oh, wow. And they're going to put the teacup beagles in the saddlebags of the motorcycles. <laughs> and then they're going to go conquer gyms yeah. using them. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So- so, this might sound like a, a weird question, but uh-huh. the fact that you brought up going to see the movies and stuff, uh-huh. do you dress up and go see a movie when you go like to premieres of movies and stuff like that? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so for Star Wars, always. Okay. Um, but I have some very low-key Star Wars outfits. Like I've got like just a simple Jedi that I wear. So for Star Wars, always. 
for Marvel, sometimes we pull the whole, oh, we're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the in the black suit type deal. Easy enough. Um, the only Marvel costume I have from the cinematic universe is Proxima Midnight. Wow. Yeah, so she's not really, like, nice to sit and watch an entire movie. No, I would imagine not. So a couple of times we've had... Um, We've gone to the movie premiere and like been out in the in the foyer and taking pictures and stuff like that. And then I go kit down and then go watch the movie. So 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 yes, because I love costuming, but I generally like keep it on the DL as far as I really want to see the movie. Right. What's the best best way to social media wise to get a hold of you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on every social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, at Amber Bright Props. I am also, I have a website, uh, amberbrightprops.com, and um, I'm also on YouTube with a few things. I don't update YouTube as much as I'd like, but here and there I'm on YouTube. So, uh, But if you go to amberbrightprops.com, that has uh, directions to kind of everything where I'm at. So. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next convention that people can see you at? Ooh, Tucson Comic Con in November. Right, so if you're you listening go. to this and you're anywhere in five hours of Tucson, come <laughs> to Tucson Comic Con. Like, it's a good one. It's a good one. So so this is Geek Elite Radio on the convention floor for Yumacon 2018 saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.